Welcome to the Words of Witness podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Derek Thomas, and I pray that the podcast today blesses you and inspires you to live a life that's worthy of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that we serve. Enjoy today's podcast. God bless. are at the moment that you're going through it. The pain process is about getting you to the point of here. And here is the point where you can look back at your experience and realize that it wasn't designed to hurt you, but it was designed to not only help you, but through your witness and through your testimony, help other people too. So there was no way I could have seen what I'm writing at this juncture because I wasn't here yet. All I saw was I got to go through this pain. And when I was going through it, all I saw was my body seems like it's just rejecting me. And I, and I got to the point, again, just being transparent, you know, because that's what this study is all about. I really got to a point where one 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 morning, one very early morning when I was really going through it, I was really in the worst of it, unbeknownst to me. And again, that's the blessing of making it to here because I can talk about it in my testimony. You know, I was struggling. Nothing was working. I mean, the the the, the, the you know catheter was in, but you know I wasn't able to you know relieve myself like I was supposed to. I I was I was in pain. I was miserable. You know, I mean they they you know and I was struggling. And they're like, it's gonna be okay. Just make it to just hang in there another couple of days. So I got like to the end, and they took. You know, the catheter out, which they said, it's not going to hurt much. If some, a guy that been, went through it, don't hurt much. I'm like, man, you lied. That hurt <laughs> a lot. You know, when they took it out. They took it out. I came home about 24 hours after I came home. I was in I, I was in pain. I was having trouble, you know, you know, relieve myself and everything. And it had got so bad that I, I asked the Lord, like, Lord, what did I do to deserve this? What did, what did I do wrong? God, what did I do? You know, what did I do? And I heard nothing for a long time. And that just left me even more, got me even more upset, which got me in even more pain. And I started to fixate on the pain. And I'm like, I must have did something because what it, what the pain had done is it started to, to, to warp my thinking. You know, and it started to warp my thinking from asking the question, Lord, what have I done to just assuming because of the pain I had to have done something wrong. And God had to step in and say, no, you didn't do anything wrong. You've done nothing wrong. This is all a test. It's all a test. You know, I didn't bring you to this point to leave you. Because one of my biggest fears was since I've never been under for surgery was just being under that long. I was under for like maybe like an hour at one point in time when they was doing the, the, the scopes and stuff for this. But this was like a three hour surgery. I never had surgery before. I've never been under that long before. I've never been under like that before. I, I didn't know what to expect. And I was just like, because that's right. When I told when I told you all, we're going to do this together on the other side. And when I woke, when when the Lord woke me up, first thing he said to me is welcome to the other side. You know, and I, I said that in a, in, a, in a worship service and he had to bring back, that back to my members. I told you I woke you up and I told you to welcome to the other side. I wouldn't bring you to the other side to leave you now. And that's when he began to show me, you know, unbeknownst to me, this principle. That pain is a temporary inconvenience on the road to eternal liberty because sitting here, okay, I can see that now. 
Even with the things that I'm still dealing with, the, the, the pains that are much, much less in intensity, but still a pain, you know, the Lord has blessed me to come to understand that the way to, to, to deal with the pain is to just keep moving because the pain is only as, um, the pain is only as prevalent as you allow it to be. And that's where first Peter four, 12 and 13 comes in. You know, we have, we have to be long term focused in our labor. And that's hard to do when you're dealing with the noun version of pain, the discomfort from illness, the discomfort from a bad report, the 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 blow from a bad relationship. That that that's a hard thing to do. But when we develop the discipline and it only comes through maturity to move this thing into the the verb realm of what pain is. You know, and making it intentional making a conscious effort and a conscious decision to keep on pressing forward despite the discomfort because there's something greater later, that's when this scripture becomes alive in in, in us. And, and the scripture says, dear friends, don't be surprised by the terrible things happening to you. The trouble you are having has come to test you. So don't feel as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, verse 13 says, be joyful that you're taking part in Christ's sufferings, then you will have even more joy when Christ returns in glory. So in other words, I know you're going through right now and I know it looks bad right now and I know it seems bad right now and I know it feels horrible right now, but you gotta think about the prototype that came before you. Think about the prototype that came and set the standard for you and that prototype is Jesus. Jesus went through what we went through. The word says he was tempted in every way, as are we, as I paraphrase. But the difference is he said not. He didn't sin. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean that, J that Jesus wasn't faced with trials. It doesn't mean, mean that he wasn't faced with with the temptation to do so. But Jesus did not sin. If you go back to the Garden of Gethsemane to look at this here, right, this point, he said, God, God, and I'm paraphrasing. If there's any way this cup can pass by me, please let it do so. Because he had seen what he had to go through. He had seen that the patches of his beard were going to get pulled out. He had seen that he was going to be beaten across his back till you could see his organs practically from the back. He had seen that he was going to have three inch thorns shoved in his head from his forehead, from his hairline all the way down to his brow. He had seen he was going to be cut open like that. He had seen he was going to be punched and, uh, and everything. He had seen that after all that, he was going to be put on a post with all that open back on, on wood with spikes through his wrists and through his, through his uh, feet. He, he had seen all this. He he had seen it and he 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 could only he, he didn't even have to imagine he imagined he was able to tap in just for a moment the the, the 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 magnitude of pain he was going to be in. That's not even talking about the mental and spiritual anguish that he was feeling because he was doing this, not because he had done anything wrong, but he was doing this to make it right because he loved us so much. So we have a prototype. And even he had to come to understand it's not about the pain. It's about the liberty that comes after the pain. And this is where the gains come from by understanding that the pain is tough. But the liberty comes from understanding that the greater is coming later. And as men, this is a, this is a sight line that we've got to adopt. And as men, this is a sight line that complements our wives' peripheral vision spiritually. Why our wives see 180 degrees? They got the pan panoramic view. 
So think about it. When we could get out of that linear thinking with the blinders on and take the blinders off and not only adopt our wives' panoramic view and, and, and allow them to help us see 180 degrees, but then take that 180 degrees that they're helping us see and then give to them the long-term vision of how we're going to get there. Now you got something. Because God's like, now nah, this is a couple that I can really, really use because they see that there's, there's a long-term proposition and the, and the vision is set on me because the, the, the husband is leading his wife and his family towards me. And she, in turn, is giving him the 180 degree perspective to not get locked into the bondage of walking from point A to point B. Because when you walk from point A to point B, the sufferings that come in your life are, are, are intensified because you view them as a stumbling block that's keeping you from getting to your next point. When in reality, they could be a stepping stone to help you get there faster. To help you get to your here faster. And when God helped me see this and understand this, it blew my mind because I'm like, God, I'm sitting here complaining about I'm still dealing with this. I'm still dealing with that, which is minor in relation to where I was. He's like, think about where you were six months ago. Think about where you were because six months ago was was like what? Eight, nine, ten, eleven, one, two. Like what was like August, you know? So you had just come through your surgery. You had just you you just come through your surgery. You you you, you know you had been healed from your surgery. You were in a good place. Only to be told that there were cells that still need to be there. Now you have to go back to going back to the whole temporary inconvenience thing. Now the very thing that you did all this soul searching for and made this decision for and went through all this pain for to avoid having to do radiation. Now here you are standing face to face with the very thing that you didn't want to do. Because the only way to treat the extra cells that they found was with radiation. So it left me, quite honestly, mad. But it was amazing how God did it because even in doing that, he showed me. He asked me, who are you mad at? And I'm like, God, I, I, I don't know. I can't be mad at you because I know you didn't do anything. I can't be mad at myself because I did everything the doctors told me to do. I can't be mad at the doctor because the doctor's just as shocked as I am. So I don't know who to be mad at. And it was in that instant that God said, that's because it's not for you to be mad. What is for you to be is motivated. And this is what God wants us to understand, that the key to making spiritual gains, because understand, going back to the gym analogy, the pain that's caused when you go to the gym, is not pain that you're doing to yourself out of punishment. It's not pain that I'm doing to myself when I hit the gym to punish myself. It's pain that I'm allowing myself to feel so that as I heal from that pain, I'm stronger. I'm bigger. I'm better equipped to deal with whatever weight that's going to be put on that group of muscles, whether it's my arms, whether it's my legs, whether it's my back, wherever it is. And going back to the gym now, after all this happened to me, you know, it's really even more intense because I'm, I'm you know, the radiation part is over with. But the I'm still going through the uh, hormonal treatment, which means in plain English, what they had to do is shed all the testosterone in my body off. Because prostate cancer cells feed off of testosterone. So basically, like we're shedding the testosterone off to starve the cancer cells because they'll, they'll have nothing to feed off of. And then we're going to zap them with radiation to kill them. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's a good plan. 
But shutting my testosterone off means that I'm not going to have in, in any any intimacy drive. I'm not going to have any um, um, wherewithal to, to, to grow muscle per se. I'm not going to have the drive to do the things in my mind, again, going to the short-sighted thinking because we're programmed as men to think linearly. They're taking away everything. They're taking everything away from me that makes me a man. You've already taken my prostate because the prostate is where is what ultimately allows us to actually procreate and make children because that's where ultimately that that's how the sperm comes out. So you already took that away from me. Now you turn my testosterone off. So what do I have left? And God's like, you have me left. That's what you have. And me for you is more than the whole world against you. But I need you to learn how to do some things while you're in this state. And then learning how to do some, do these things while I'm in this state is allowed me to go back to my gym, which is a blessing. You know, go back to my gym, you know, go downstairs and hit my gym. And I got it all over my gym downstairs. Go back, go downstairs, hit my gym and just remember, this is what I got to do. This is just temporary. This state that I'm in is like driving through Wisconsin to come down to Illinois. It's just a state that I'm in. I'm just passing through. I'm not staying here. Pain tries to get you to set up an address and build a house. And God is saying, I don't want you to set up an address and build a house because I'm taking you to the here that I want you to be in. Don't get caught up in thinking that this, that that there is your here because it's not. And here's how you get to make the gains because every time that you, you, you know, are intentional and, and consistent in doing these things, you're pushing yourself on past and you're getting yourself closer and closer to your here. And basically the, the, the three action items I got and, and, and we're done, you know, un, unless there are any questions that you have, you know, first we got to praise God through the pain. Got to praise him through the pain. And, and I, and I didn't, and I didn't get that initially. And the Lord took me back to uh, the gym. You know, when I first started working out, um, I was I had a membership at a at a charter fitness down in Illinois. Uh, this is before I got married. And there was this one guy that came in there and whenever he did uh, deadlifts, he put his you know weight belt on super tight and he had his headphones and stuff on. But he'd just be so loud. He'd be so loud, you know, and it, it would it would just disturb everybody in the gym. It was just loud. But the people that were veterans there had gotten used to it. I wasn't a veteran there, so it was distracting me, and I was starting to feel some type of way. So I asked somebody that had been there for a while, dude, why is he so loud? I mean, he, he doesn't know that he's distracting other people. Why is he so loud? And the person said, it's not that his intent is to be loud, to be distracting. Being loud like that, and I, I really want you to catch this, being loud like that is his way of coming into agreement with the forces driving him so that they can be on the same page for him to do what it is that he's seeking to do because he's desiring to continue to grow and to continue to be stronger and to continue to be better. And that registered with me spiritually. I'm like, okay, I get it. Because praise does two things. Praise steals the hand of the enemy and praise makes the atmosphere conducive for God to be there because the word says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when those two things come into alignment, it changes the position that you occupy. So as we praise God through the pain, it God in turn moves us through the pain to ultimately bring us out of the pain into our purpose. This is why 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you or Christ Jesus for you. In everything, 
And he had to walk me back because I was doing this day. And even now as I'm talking to you, he's walking me back down memory lane with everything that happened. You know, like all the all the stuff that was going on in the midst of the surgery, in the midst of the going through, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the bloating, in the midst of the delirium that you went through. You know, what were you still able to do? You asked for relief and I did provide relief for you. And yes, the relief came in the form of the pain medicine that came. But above and beyond that, I gave you mental and spiritual relief. I dispatched angels to you. I gave you what you asked for. And in turn, what you began to do is you began to praise me because one of the things I had to do is I had to walk while I was in the hospital. And Lord knows the last thing I felt like doing was walking. But in the midst of walking, the whole time I was walking, I was praising God. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm able to put one foot in front of the other. Thank you, Lord. I'm able to do this. Thank you, Lord. I'm able to do that. And what was happening is I was doing that. I, he, he, was, he was healing me. He was strengthening me. He was getting me into a position where I could go home. And God desires us to be the same way. He's not going to remove painful moments from our lives. But what he is going to do is give us strategy on how to deal with them. And first and foremost, he wants us to use praise. Praise is a tool that we can use. Praise is a belt that we can use to buffer and give our spirit support. When we're in the midst of pain, as young men, we don't think about that. We got that heartbreak from that, yeah, that, that lady. You know, we're not thinking about that. We're like, dang, I can't believe I lost her. I can't believe she's gone. Everything I think about is her, her, her. Fixating on the pain. God doesn't want us to fixate on the pain. He wants us to praise him through the pain because all that means is that he's got something better for you. All that means is that there's something greater for you later. That's all that means. Yes. And, and, and the key is to, you know, make sure that we keep moving. We got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving because as we keep it moving, that's how God blesses us. And that leads us to the to the second uh, thing that we got to do. You know, pursuing God despite the pain. We got to continually be pursuing God. You know, we got to be in a con con constant state of pursuing God. That's why I says here intentionally and consistently pain from a believer standpoint is consistent intentional effort in seeking out these things and conforming our will and our way to God's will and way. So this is intentional. We're not just doing this. It ain't just happening. This is intentional, you know? So if we look at Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, and not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our suffering. In the NIV, it says pain and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that and this is what we got to understand. And this is the this is the thought process that we, we have to allow to penetrate our minds and get into our spirits. Because when I'm lifting, I got to be in the right mindset. I, I have my music blasting downstairs in, in the gym and I, I make sure I had the door closed. I don't want to disturb anybody else, but I have, have my music blasting. And depending on what I'm doing, that dictates what music I'm listening to. Usually I got jazz going. If I know it's going to be intense, I might have, you know, some of my workout music, which is more rock based going. If I'm just kind of going easy, I have my gospel music playing, whatever it is, I, but I, I'm ready. But no matter what it is, I remember that there's a, there's, there's levels to this. Got to have my mind right. Got to have my spirit set. Got to visualize what I'm getting ready to do. Got to have a target in mind. Got to know what my goal is. So as I'm doing what I'm doing, it keeps me in perspective of not getting caught up in the discomfort that I'm about to put myself through. But I'm focused on the prize where I'm going. 
So it says here, knowing that the hardship or testing of your faith or distress, pressure, and trouble produces patient endurance and endurance proven character, which is spiritual maturity. And proven character produces hope and confident assurance of eternal salvation. Such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So in plain English, it's saying, even though we're praising God through the pain, we can't get so caught up in praise that we stop and we're just looking around and we praising because eventually we're going to stop praising like I did when I was talking about the the the, the pain thing. I, I, I was so focused on asking God why that I stopped asking God why and started saying, well, I'm just resigned to be here. That's not the case. We don't want to give up the pursuit. And the enemy would love nothing more than to ratchet up the pain when he sees it as an opportunity. He would ratchet up the intensity of the pain to try to get us to give up pursuit. But we're not going to give up pursuit because we understand that pursuit holds a purpose and that pursuit, the purpose of that pursuit holds is to bring us into our here. And God needs each of us as men to reach our here because in reaching our here, we can, we're then equipped to do the last thing and that's go there. God's preparing us to be used by him to help others through their pain. He doesn't bring us through our pain so that we can just sit here and be on the other side like, oh, man, I'm so glad I made it to the other side. He does this because he's instilled in us the same love that he has for us, for others. He's instilled it in us so we can go back and go help other people get to where we are because they're searching for their here, too. And like us, they think that where they are is their here. And it's not. Because the enemy can get us stuck in our pain then we'll never have any gains because it'll hurt too much to do that extra set. You know, that was where, when I hit my wall, when I first started working out, you know, it, it, it the, the, uh, the guy I was working out with at the gym, he said, Derek, you're not going to ever get the gains that you're looking for until you decide that the pain don't matter. Because the pain is nothing more than a mile marker to help you get to where you want to go. You can go wherever you want to go. You just got to block the pain out and make up your mind that you're going to get there. When I started doing that, that's when the gains started happening. That's when the stuff started happening because it, 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 it was happening. The enemy had to try to do something to get me discouraged because this was all part of the plan that my, my doctor said with the whole diabetes thing, you know, start working out, get into doing some healthy things to, you know, that'll help burn off the extra sugar that your body is struggling to burn off. So I started lifting, started working out. And the byproduct, obviously, I started getting gains. I started feeling better, started getting stronger, et cetera. But what happened was, as I finally tapped into that and realized that, that I got something greater going on, the enemy had me get on the bench and do something wrong one day, and I tore up, um, I tore up uh, my rotator cuff. Well, that stopped me from lifting for for a few months, you know. And in that time, the pain just—I fixated on the pain. God's like, no, 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 don't do that, because I'm taking you somewhere. And when I got back on the bench, I was scared, man. I was scared. I I, I went back to an empty bar. <laughs> and I, and that, I went back to bench pressing 45 pounds. I never was a ginormous bench presser, but I was lifting a lot more than 45 pounds when I got hurt. And it took a minute to get past the fear. And the only, only way I can get past the fear to show you how this is all interrelated is by faith. I had to believe. I believe in by his stripes, I'm healed. And as I was pressing each time, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. So I got back to where I was and got beyond where I was into even heavier weight still, 
you know, crossing thresholds. And in doing so, there were people at the, at the gym that, that knew me and that knew what happened to me that unbeknownst to me were watching me and watching my, 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 my journey back, the good days and the challenging days. And, you know, one of them said, man, I, you still come every day. Some days are good. Some days may not be good, but you here every day. You know, why? I said, well, I didn't realize you was watching me that close, but I'm here because I got a goal in mind. You know, and they're like, see, that's cool. That's 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 cool. And I say that to say this as as we get ready to close, because it's, it's approaching the top of the hour. Um, what's in us and what God has put in us, he put it in us as the earthen vessels like Second Corinthians 4, 7 and 10 refers to. But these earthen vessels have windows in them and people can see your driving force. And when they see that it's God that's your driving force. They're going to pay closer attention because they're going to see if what's in you is really going to come out of you in your words and really going to come out of you in your actions and really going to come out of you in your thought process and everything else and really going to come out of you in the fruit that's born. And as it did, they were inspired to go out and, 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 and change how they do what they do. So 710 says that we got this treasure in jars of clay or earthen vessels to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. So this gain that comes from the pain that we that, that he brings us through and, and, and gives us the insight to overcome. It's designed to be part of our testimony so that we can be a blessing to other people and help other people overcome. Our job is to go back and help other brothers overcome. You know, Lord blesses us to, to have great marriages. We don't do we don't have great marriages so that we can tell brothers that are struggling in their marriage, hey man, my marriage is great. I'm sorry, yours is, is lousy. That's not what we do. We go back, brother. Let me pray for you. Let me, let me, let me talk to you. Let me just share with you some of the struggles that I had. And let me tell you about a man named Jesus that brought me out of every single one of them. And what that does is that begins to open up their hearts and helps them see, you know what? Maybe this pain that I'm going through does have a purpose. Maybe there's a reason why I'm going through it. Because like you tapped into the last uh, verse, verse 10, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. In other words, we've made the conscious choice to live a life that's pleasing to God, to crucify ourselves in Christ so that we can be resurrected in him. So we no longer have to worry about the pain, but instead we can praise God for the purpose that he's given us. Amen. 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 Living Witness Ministries is a church on the move that's dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through the preached and taught word, community outreach, and practical ministry designed to save souls and change lives. You can sow into the ministry via our cash app at dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. That's dollar sign LW Ministries 2020. Sow your seed in the good ground of Living Witness Ministries today. And thank you for helping us reach the world with the life-giving word.
I pray that you were blessed by today's word. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. If you've never taken the opportunity to do either one of those things, won't you join me now in prayer? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come before you a sinner. I believe that you sent your son to die that I might live. I believe that he lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and is coming back for sinners just like me. I confess my sin. I ask you into my heart and I ask you into my life. Thank you, Lord, that by faith I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like to welcome you into the household of faith and into a loving relationship of salvation with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please email me and let me know of your experience or if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, please email me. The email address is livingtowitness at gmail.com. That's living, the number two, witness at gmail.com. Until next time. This is Pastor Derek Thomas, encouraging you to live your life as a living witness.